Hey guys, it's Tim and this is Rustling Unlimited as it's Wednesday and tonight was AEW Dynamite. Now as far as tonight's AEW Dynamite does go, I thought this was just a good show. Nothing special, nothing over the top other than Sting announcing his retirement. I think that was the biggest thing on this show. Sting announced that he will have his final match next year at Revolution 2024. Now, we don't have a date for Revolution yet. It's usually end of February or early March. But, yeah, Sting did announce on the show tonight that he will be retiring next year and having his final match at Revolution. But we don't know when or where, actually, is what I'm thinking. Excuse me. Turn out to Bert. We don't know where Revolution is going to be. So maybe they do it. Where's Sting Wrestler? Where is he literally from? Omaha, Nebraska. So maybe they do it somewhere in that area. Because they say he's from Venice Beach. They say sometimes he's from... Because he's been built from Venice Beach. He's been built from Charlotte, North Carolina. But Sting is originally from Omaha, Nebraska. I don't know if he's, his family still lives there or whatnot. But yeah. We'll see exactly where and when that does go down. We have no idea who his opponent could be because there's still a number of things that can happen before then. A number of matches need to be set up. We don't know. There's a lot of questions like how many matches is Sting going to work before Revolution? Is Sting going to do anything before Revolution? Or is it like, I ain't doing nothing until March. It'll be very interesting to see. Alfonsi in the YouTube chat says, Ready for Spider-Man 2 this Friday? No, I'm ready for Spider-Man 2 tomorrow night. In just a little over 24 hours, Spider-Man 2 goes live on the PS5. We're able to download it already. It's installed. And yeah, buddy, I'm going live. Twitch.tv forward slash Timmy Buddy and playing that game all night till I got to go take the kids to school. Like I'm playing that game all night tomorrow. Tonight. Probably going to do a stream as well, twitch.tv forward slash TimmyBuddy, because the new Jackbox comes out. Jackbox Party Pack 10. We've been playing the demo on stream. Full launch of Party Pack 10 is supposed to go in about an hour and a half. So we'll see if that all goes according to plan. And if I can get the game on Steam or not. Let me see one thing really quickly. And I'll let you know for sure if I'm doing that stream or not. Um, Not 100% sure yet. I may have to be doing something else at that time. I have a graphics job that I may have to be on like a little call. Yeah, it's late, but whatever. But the plan is to maybe possibly potentially do a Jackbox stream tonight. Twitch.tv forward slash Timmy Buddy. But then tomorrow, 9 p.m. Pacific, we're going live. And we're playing Spider-Man all night. Spider-Man 2 is my most anticipated game ever. And I can't. Wait, this stream is going to be fun. I'm going to do things I've never done on stream before. So, yeah. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. Tomorrow night is going to be so much fun. And then once they beat that game, at least get through the whole story, then maybe sometime over the weekend we'll stream the new Mario game as well, Super Mario Wonder. I've got that game. That should be really fun. So, good weekend of gaming going to come as well. We got wrestling today. Tomorrow, Friday, no, no wrestling tomorrow that we cover, really. No no live streams, at least. 
But we got wrestling tonight, wrestling Friday. I don't cover Saturday. Saturday all day, I'm going to either be at a sports game, playing Spider-Man, and then Sunday, we'll see how that all goes. Depends on when I beat Spider-Man and what we do over the weekend. But should be really fun. Follow me over there, twitch.tv forward slash Timmy Buddy, so you know when I go live, playing some video games. But with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff of four games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also, remember to follow follow me, uh, follow us on YouTube. Hit that join button and become a channel member. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying something new, like Lords of the Fallen, Sonic Superstars, Alan Wake 2, or Ghost Runner 2. Getting something old, like Spider-Man Remastered, Dead Island 2, or The Last of Us Part 1. Use this code right here. PWUnlimited at checkout. Trying to claim the free games, Blazing Sales, and Cube with a Q, the Ultimate Bundle. Again, use this code right here at checkout, P-W-U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D, for all your Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. Hell, right now, we've got Jack Skellington in in um, Rocket League. Next week, we're getting Jack Skellington in Fortnite. When you buy him in either of those games, use this code. PW Unlimited at checkout doesn't cost you anything to put the code in, but it does benefit us here at Pro Wrestling Unlimited. As far as tonight's AEW Dynamite does go, though, the show itself did kick off with the Jay White Penta El Zero Miedo match. Uh, this was a hot opener. Crowd was on their feet for a lot of this match. This match was just really, really fun. These two work really well together. I believe they said, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first, at least, singles match they've had against one another. So Penta wasted no time wiping out Juice and the guns. And even Card Blade. But they tope before dropping White with a sling blade on the floor. Back inside the ring, there was a double stomp off the top that led to... Led to the bell officially sounding and the match officially starting. A Colton gun tried to trip up Penta at one point. And the distraction was long enough for White to hit a quick DDT and take control. Penta was able to fire off a thrust kick, but was ultimately sent crashing outside. Where Bullet Club Gold, well, we're talking trash, before White hit a front fist suplex on, on the apron. White then tied up the mask of Penta, to the ropes, but referee Bryce Renberg untied him, what Tony Schiavone called a B-team knot. Cass said that it was a square knot, and he and Schiavone kind of popped each other there as White kept Penta grounded during a pitcher-in-pitcher break. Penta then avoided a backdrop and responded with multiple sling blades before White was planted with a somersault dive to the outside. 
back inside the ring, there was a very loud chop battle that ensued where White uh, demanded Penta take off his shirt to make it even. Basically, like, you got a shirt on. That's going to take some of the brunt of this chop. Let's, let's, let's go. And Penta does it. He obliges. And they chop each other, and it gets louder and louder with every chop before White took a knee. Uh, took out the knee and ran right into a spinning hammer, a jackhammer, and in a reverse DDT. Penta then ran into a massive Uranagi and a Brain Buster for a two as White hit a Dragon Screw and a Dragon Suplex, but Penta avoided the Blade Runner into a Maiden Japan for a close near fall. Bullet Club Gold then ran some distraction from every direction, allowing Robinson to blast Penta with a left hand at God, allowing White to hit the Blade Runner and pick up the victory. So there we go. Jay White does get the win, as expected. Jay White's challenging for the world title at the next pay-per-view. There ain't no way he's losing at all, no matter who it's against. But with that, Jay White does pick up the victory. Good match. Really good match. Post-match, White shushed the crowd and said MJF isn't here. But an elite champion is J.A. White. It seems like MGF is taking his sweet time answering White's challenge to a tag match, but it's because he has no friends. Robinson gave a spoiler alert, said that he's winning tonight's main event, the Battle Royal, and taking MJF's stupid ring next week. Austin Gunn capped off the promo saying, We got two words for you. Guns up. Not a big fan of that. I mean, Bullet Club already stole the two sweet. Now they got from the NWO. Now they got to steal DX's thing. We got two words for you. Yeah, no. Not a big fan of that one. Haven't been since they started doing it recently. Then we go back to the remarkable Renee Paquette. And well, she's there with MJF. This, this screwball is actually here. They're over here saying MJF ain't here. MJF's not at the belt. <laughs> Bullet Club Gold dumb. Bullet Club Gold looking very dumb. Um, she's backstage with MJF who said that he couldn't could have ran out there and got his ass handed to him. But that's what a good guy would do. And he's a scumbag. MJF said he'll be on commentary later tonight for the main event. And he didn't want to waste his pop for the crowd for the run-in. MJF hopes the juice wins. As next week, he will be the left hand it will be the left hand of God against the right hand of the devil. He claimed in Daddy Ass and walk up. Max Caster said that they can accept the challenge and all scissor with their titles after. MJF declined. But Caster said he'll enter the Battle Royal tonight. Beat MJF next week and force him to put a ring on it. MJF stormed off as Daddy Ass called him a scumbag. But Caster said, I'm his scumbag. And I go, this is stupid as fuck. This is dumb. Uh, Quan Webster says, definitely not a fan of Suck It anymore. Who, me or you or no one? I love back in the name. Like, we got two words for you. Suck it. I love that back in the day. But now it's like, well, they can't, they're not going to say suck it because they really don't want to steal from DX. So, Guns up. Yeah, that's kind of dumb. Pretty dumb. Then we had Hikaru Shida versus Emery Sakura. A lot of this match happened during the break. And the second half of the match was kind of just them going back and forth until all of a sudden it was over. And the match was okay. Again, I wish we saw more of it to know if it was better than it felt. Um, so this was, again, Hikaru Shida versus Emi Sakura. 
Sakura always in no time attacking Shida in this match. It was basically teacher versus student. Sakura fired off some shots while Sh uh, Shida unloaded forearms while Sakura backed Shida into a corner with machine gun chops. Shida then, <coughs> excuse me, Shida then ran for a crossbody, but Shida exploded out with a pumping knee and hit a rolling crucifix for a two. There were 10 corner punches that connected, but Shida missed the follow-up crossbody. And at this time, uh, Sakura hit a charging corner crossbody and controlled during the break. Both ladies then collided into a double down spot as Shida was sent to the outside with a crossbody through the ropes. Sakura then sprinted down the ramp, but Shida was waiting for her excuse me, and hit her with a hurricane rana. Back inside, Shida hit a missile dropkick for a two as both ladies traded finisher attempts and near falls until Sakura connected with a high stack uh, tiger driver for a close near fall. Sakura went up top, then missed a moonsault, allowing Shida to hit a katana knee. But Sakura blocked it slightly, exploded out at one, and got a La Mastrol for the close near fall. Both ladies then traded Tilt World backbreakers until Shida hit a home run right hand and a Falcon Arrow before clocking Sakura with a katana knee flush to pick up the victory. So, again, fine television match, nothing special. Wouldn't call it good or great or anything. It was, as Kion Webster here in the chat says, Shida match was definitely okay. That's what I think, too. It was an okay TV match. So then they say, earlier today, Renee Paquette actually spoke with Adam, Adam Copeland regarding his rated R rebuttal. And I'm like, oh. So think about this. You're an AEW fan. You hear that Adam Copeland is going to be around full time. Adam Copeland is going to be on all these shows. And then he just shows up. In a backstage promo here. What do you think this, these fans were thinking when he wasn't in front of them at this time? It was just like, oh, we got to watch him on the screen. Because I, I heard, you know, more tickets were selling once his name was, you know, announced and whatnot. But nope. This band didn't even come out in front of the live crowd. But he did talk about how basically, basically this guy said, Christian would be nothing if it wasn't for me. Christian would not be in this business if it wasn't for me. He'd still have an IT job in Ontario. I'm like, oh, you're the baby face? You're the baby face? So... He said that things haven't been going so smoothly since he showed up in AEW, and he doesn't understand why. The whole reason was to end his career teaming with Christian, who seemed on board at one point. But when it got closer, Cage really didn't want it. Copeland talked about his 40-year friendship and how they became best friends of the, off of their love for pro wrestling. Copeland talked about how they both wrote essays to try and win free wrestling training, which Copeland did and Cage didn't. Copeland, who, whose training got the job up north before Cage, uh, and it was always Adam and Jay, E and C. McKett asked if this jealousy is surprising. Copeland said that it is, and I'm not here to take his TNT title. I'm not here to take his spot or the spotlight from him, but I know that Christian will eventually come crashing to the ground. McKett asked what Copeland wants in AEW, and Copeland said, you know, this is going to be a lame answer, but I just don't know. He said, 
He knows when Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne turn on Cage, he'll be there, though, to pick him up. This sucked. I'm going to just say it. This sucked. He was like, I got to this point in my career so I can open the door for him and he can come in. But if I never risked myself going and doing certain things, he would have never got the opportunities. But I know when they turn on him, I'll be there for it. This sucked. I'm just going to say, like, I'll also say it again. This was not that good at all. And then again, think about being in that live crowd going, oh my God, Adam Copeland is an AEW. Tony Khan said he's going to be here every week. And yeah, maybe he was there. I don't know if this was a pre-taped last week or a pre-taped today, but he did not appear in front of the live crowd at all. At least on the broadcast. Then we had Wardlow against Ryan Nemeth. Basically, Nemeth ran at Wardlow. Wardlow grabbed him, powerbombed him, and then gave him a last ride-like powerbomb and knocked him out. Referee was like, "Eh, eh, we're done. Wardlow gets out of the ring, and then he gets back in the ring because Shivani comes down to interview him, and he's like, hey, Wardlow, um, you're back. So what's your plan? And he just goes like this. And the wrist tape says MJF. And Shivani goes, that says MJF. And then Wardlow puts the wrist tape down, goes to walk off, shoulders, I don't know if this was on purpose or by accident, shoulders Shivani. Shivani tries to grab the rope to hold himself up, just dumps himself down on his ass. And he just leaves. Wardlow just walks off. Yeah, again, another thing that just ain't doing it for me. Like, I like Wardlow. I'm a big Wardlow fan. And when this match ended, I go, okay, that's three weeks of just powerbomb, powerbomb, I'm done. Where is this leading to? And then he says he wants MJF, but he doesn't speak. He just points at the tape. Then he just leaves. Okay, when are you getting MJF? It ain't anytime soon. It ain't going to be before Forbidden, oh, not Forbidden North, Forbidden North next year. It's not going to be before uh, Full Gear. Full Gear program right now is Bull Club Golden J. White. So what? We're just going to see him come out here, squash guys in 90 seconds, and then leave for however many weeks? That's going to get boring as shit. I said it as soon as this match ended. All right, we need we need to know where this is going because I'm already bored as shit with it. But, yeah, I, I don't know what they're doing with Wardlow. I guess he wants to challenge MJF for the world title. Cool. Give him some real opponents. Because I get, I get what people are going to say when I say he needs to earn it. And they go, well, he's earning it. He's beating everybody they put in front of him since he returned. It's not the same. You think Goldberg got his world title shot after three? No. Renee Paquette's backstage with Kenny by God Omega. He said his uh, win-loss record had been quite protrude lately. And thanks Kyle Fletcher for challenging him and reminding him who he just really is. Once Omega defeats Fletcher and dispatches of the Don Callis family, maybe it'll be time for Kenny Omega of old to challenge for the world title. We're getting a bunch of guys saying, I want the world title. Cool. I like that. But how are they going to do this? Are they going to have a bunch of people challenge at once? Do like a big multi-man match? They really haven't done many multi-man matches for the belt. So... You got Wardlow wanting... Excuse me, Max. You got Kenny wanting Max. 
you going to go out at the same time? I don't know. MGF then walks into the shot and says that he's always been a massive fan and shook his hand before whispering, 13 days, bitch, before walking off. Omega said, 13 days. We'll see about that. And 13 days is when MJF becomes the longest reigning AEW world champion, beating Kenny Omega's record. So, yeah. I wish they weren't doing the Jay White stuff right now so they can immediately go to Kenny Omega and be like, oh, well, give me a second. Alexa, what day will it be in 13 days? Halloween. Damn. I was hoping it was the first. So then, like, on that dynamite, they can do Kenny Omega versus MJF. And, like, if Kenny wins, he gets the belt and saves his record. Well, actually, it would tie the record. Maybe they do it the week before. I don't know. Well, no, they'd have to do it next week. No, that ain't working. That ain't working. Damn. I wish they would do something where, like, and WWE did this with the Usos in the New Day. Try to take the title back before he breaks your record. But it doesn't look like it's possible. Because next week, Max will be facing Juice. And then by the time we get to Dynamite in two weeks, the record will be broken, I believe. Or at least tied. So then we get Roderick Strong's house. This was another dumb segment. I haven't liked any of these, to be honest. We go to Roddy's humble abode, where Mike Bennett is playing bongos and singing, Headstrong, you think you are. Or no, next strong, you think you are. Next strong, you take on anyone. He's like, hey, that actually works. Adam Cole then brings uh, Roderick Strong some coffee, and he spits it out, and he goes, Adam, do you know I don't like hot coffee? And then Adam's like, I'm over this. I got to go get surgery. He's like, Adam, wait. Remember when we first all started in ROH together? You made the best PB&J sandwiches. Can you just make me a PB&J? Let me get a video montage of them making PB&J sandwiches. And did they put this peanut butter in the microwave? Because this peanut butter was flowing off of the off of the knife. Like it was, I don't even know. Peanut butter should stick to the knife, not flow off the knife like a cream. It's a butter, not a cream. Anywho. Adam Cole makes the... Um, what's it called? Adam Cole makes the PB&J, gives it to Roddy. Roddy takes a bite and then goes, Ah, Adam, you know I don't like crust. First off, hey, fucker, you did not notice that the crust was on there before you took the bite, or did you not look at the sandwich? Idiot. Adam Cole finally flips his shit and says, You know what? Uh Uh-uh, I ain't taking this anymore. I need to go. I need to go have surgery on my ankle. Bye. And he leaves. And so Strong then tells Bennett and Taven, I need to get my best friend Adam Cole back. And you, you know what I'm going to have to do to do that, right? And they're like, no, what? I'm going to have to be nice to that scumbag. And I'm like, oh, Lord. I haven't liked any of this Roderick Strong neck stuff. Been dumb. Especially when we know he's not hurt. He took the neck brace off to wrestle matches. It's stupid. Why would... Adam Cole, who needs surgery, be over here at Roddy's beck and call, and then you've got freaking 
Taven and Bennett just sitting on the couch watching it all. Adam said it before. You got the kingdom. Why can't the kingdom help you? Well, why? That's what makes us even stupider and dumber. Finally, Cole. Yeah. Real life, though, Adam Cole got a surgery. Adam Cole's going to be home for a long time and stated today on his Twitch stream, if everything goes according to plan, he's just streaming every single day from now on until he's not able to. He literally said, my goal right now is to just stream on Twitch every single day from now on. So, he needs something to do while he's home and can't work. So, Shivani's in the ring and says, it is my, what did he, how does he say it? I didn't write it down properly, but. He's like, hey, this is my unpleasant duty or something like that to announce my next guest. And he like spits or whatever. He goes, Don Callis. We can also get to catch the powerhouse Hobbs and Callis come down to the ring. Callis said last week, someone did the unthinkable. Demolished Chris Jericho. Hobbs said February 22nd, 1998 was supposed to be the greatest day of his life when he was supposed to meet his hero, Chris Jericho. Hobbs' grandmother got him front row tickets. And Jericho told her to shut up and for young Hobbs to sit down. I wonder if that's actually true. I don't know. Hobbs swore that day that he got to, the day that he got to look Jericho in the eye, he would hurt him. He would hurt Jericho over and over. And he did just that, hitting him with spine buster after spine buster. Cal said the people have always told Hobbs to bottle up the anger. But in the Don Cal's family, he allows guys to be killing machines as Hobbs will be unleashed on All Elite Wrestling. Cal said that they've won every match as a family, except for when Sammy Guevara was concussed and hurt. So Callis had to get a scab that failed in Kyle Fletcher. Fletcher then comes out and gets in Don's face. Hobbs shoves him off. Fletcher said that he took the match as a favor for Callis because, well, Will Ospreay called him and asked him to do it. Maybe he was the weak link in the match, but tonight he's going to prove everyone wrong including Callus, He doesn't need anyone's help to beat Kenny Omega. Callus likes the confidence and said, if Fletcher wins next week, we're going to have a chat about an opportunity. So this match is really good. I really liked this match. This was a highlight of the show for sure. Kenny Omega versus Kyle Fletcher, Don Callis on commentary. As far as the match itself does go, like I said, Callus joined commentary and Omega unleashed chops early on onto Fletcher, who fought back with a charging back elbow and a right hand. Omega sent Fletcher to the outside and followed it up with a, sling blade, a slingshot crossbody. Back inside the ring, Omega took too long to follow up on the apron as Fletcher hit a running dropkick and launched Omega into the front row. After briefly being back in the ring, Omega floated over in the corner, hit a quick Hurricane Rana, but then Fletcher cut off the Terminator dive and a chop battle ensued at ringside. Omega set up Fletcher on a chair, sprinted, but Fletcher hit a low drop kick, and Omega chopped the chair into uh, chopped the chair into commercial. Back from the break, Omega tried the "You Can't Escape" as Fletcher avoided the moonsault by rolling outside. Omega then connected with an Ibushi-esque moonsault off the ropes. There was a missile drop kick that connected to the lower back, but Fletcher countered a V trigger into a half and half suplex. A sprinting corner kick and a brainbuster got Fletcher a near fall. Fletcher connected with a vicious lawn dart and a Michinoku driver for another close two. 
After a leg lariat in the ropes, Omega fired back with the V-Trigger. Poison Rana, high-stack powerbomb, and a V-Trigger flush for a two, which Omega couldn't believe. There was another V-Trigger that connected, but Fletcher countered a one-winged angel into a dragon sleeper. Both men traded counters until Omega hit a snap dragon, and after a huge running start, turned Fletcher inside out with a huge V-Trigger, followed by a one-winged angel in for the win. Callison immediately called Fletcher a failure as a result. So, yeah, Kenny gets the victory. We get a Danhausen vignette, basically singing, seemingly telling us he's coming back soon. And I don't know when this ends. How long till old Danhausen is back? Remember, Danhausen stated in an interview recently, I don't want to be on TV injured because I was hired when I was injured, and I don't want to be seen as the hurt guy. You have, what is this? Dave Evianron says, you have as coming on your live stream, do you know just asking? I don't know what you're talking about. Huh? You have as coming on your live stream. Do you know? Just ask. I have no clue what you're talking about. Okay. Whatever. Moving forward, Lance Archer was on this show. Took me by surprise. I was like, what the what? First time we've seen Archer since like July. Archer sent uh, Barrett Brown tumbling down the aisle during his intro and caught a diving Brown with a chokeslime on the apron. The bell officially sounded as a released suplex led to three corner splashes. Brown tried to fight back one more time, but Archer hit a step-up knee in the ropes. And then there was the blackout, and he picked up the victory. Another squash match, but I like it. At least the other guy tried to fight back. In the Wardlow match, no one tries to fight back. Oh, commercial. Well, yeah, ads are going to play, buddy boy. Ads don't play. I don't get paid. Unless you want to subscribe to the channel or give me a super chat tip. So, after this match, Excalibur tells us the world video premiere of Swerve Strickland's remix theme, Big Pressure, with Flash Garment. Blair on YouTube. Go. Go. Strickland and Prince Nana are walking... At the Graffiti Park in Houston, Strickland said he should be excited, but he's not. He should be celebrating with the TNT title, but he's not. And that's all because Hangman Page. Strickland said for Page to remember it's not always you who pays for your actions, which is absolutely a threat to the Young Bucks. Okay, whatever. Like, all right. We're supposed to, we're supposed to think he's going to beat up both Young Bucks? Or is he going to send the whole embassy after the Young Bucks? I don't know. Oh, we're getting Prince Nana. We're getting Prince Nana dancing in that video, of course. We're getting Prince Nana dancing in that video. Then we got... Sting! As Tony Schiavone would say. Tony Schiavone probably introduced Sting to the ring and said, before he says the word... He wants to reflect a little bit. 
Sting talked about traveling down the roads with the guys like Lex Luger, the Steiner brothers, Beth ba- Buff Bagwell. He goes, that's an old name from an old day. And how they talked about guys who shaped this business. The likes of Dusty Rhodes got a huge pop. Hulk Hogan, who did not. Sting then brought up Ric Flair and thanked him for putting Sting on the map at Clash of Champions, Great American Bash, and other, other events. He said, if it was in, in 88, he had his first world title match. Sting, or Rick, won, but put him over as far as helped make him then. He said, then, Great American Bash 1990, I won my first world title. Sting always wonders, what made guys like that come back and want to prove that they still have it? Sting said, now I understand, though. I understand why. It's the camaraderie, the roar of the crowd, and so much more. Sting then mentioned not being able to do the things that he did in the ring when he was younger and brought up diving off balconies, which popped the crowd huge. Sting said that he retired once before, 2015, and it didn't really sit well with him. Sting said that his first match in AEW was a Revolution 2021, and, well, his final match of his career will be a Revolution 2024. One more thing everyone needs to know. The only thing for sure for Sting is his retirement will be for sure. Sting's music hits, and he gets a standing ovation from the live crowd. So, yeah, the fact that AEW got three years of in-ring action, not full-time, but quite a bit of Sting, is great. Sting was doing some of his best work of the decade, of the last 10 years, over those three years. So, kudos. And again, as I stated earlier, we don't know where Revolution is. We don't know exactly when Revolution is, other than late February, early March, and no clue who Sting's going to wrestle, whether it's a singles match, whether it's a tag team match, whether it's somebody in AEW now, whether it's somebody from his past. We just don't know. RJ City seated backstage was about to introduce Tony Storm's second film, Gone with the Storm. And Tony Storm herself interrupts and tells us all, chins up, tits out, and enjoy the film. We have the silent film inside the picture in picture. I couldn't see it because it's like this big compared to the ad that's this big, the commercial. And so, yeah. I mean, it's, it's cool. Giving us something to Hopefully not change the channel on, but nah. I think I saw RJ City cameoed in this one, but I don't know. I just didn't really pay attention to it during the break. So then we got an interesting segment. Jim Ross is sitting down with Nick Wayne and his mother, Shayna, who was never mentioned by name. She just kept being called Nick's mom. She said that she can't understand how Nick could do what he did to Darby. When he's been like a brother to you. She said, after things, after the things Christian said about your father and me, this is the way you respect and, and treat us? Nick exploded and told her, shut up. And JR's like, hey, I'll watch your tone. Wayne said that it's time for him to prove it, to prove why he belongs here. He said that I got a new father, Christian Cage. He's a better father than my real dad ever was. He said that I've always been in the shadows of Darby Allen. Darby didn't care about me. It was always, Darby, congratulations on getting to AEW. Darby, congratulations, but nobody ever congratulated me. He said, that's that kid with Darby. Nick called his mother a terrible mother. The two stood up, and as he was getting ready to walk off with Christian, well, he slapped him. And then she was like, oh, what did I do? I just slapped my boy. 
Um, she slapped him. And Nick said that she's dead to him. He said Nick's mom should have picked up the phone. As he and Nick walked out of a door. Now, before we get into what happens outside the door. Uh, it might be a deep cut or whatever. But Christian's new gimmick is really reminding me of Mr. Mac from Boy Meets World. He ran a center for wayward youth called The Way. Where if you felt like a lost soul, well, you can come here to his establishment and feel wanted, feel loved, feel appreciated. That feels like what Christian is doing. He is a cult leader trying to recruit people and say, hey, you've never been treated right. You've never been appreciated. Well, I will appreciate you. I will teach you the way. That's what this seems like. This just reminds me of Mr. Mac from Boy Meets World. Um, King of Pucomundo says more Nick's mom. Oh, yeah. She was really good here. Like, really, really good. But she's hot. Anyways. So we hear a scuffle outside the door. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Christian beating up Nick or something? Or what? Well, what? And then the door opens. And it's Darby beating up both Christian and Nick. Alan and Nick brawl out from the backstage area. Cage and Luchasaurus appear. And they beat up Alan briefly before Sting shows up, sweeps the leg out from under Christian, and drops Luchasaurus. It looks like Nick Wayne has a busted tooth or something. Like, because I hear Christian yell, Look what you did to his tooth! Look what you did to his tooth! I don't know if he knocked his tooth out. I don't know if he chipped his tooth. But he's bleeding all kinds of crazy from his front two teeth. But they grab Nick, take him up the ramp. Sting and Darby are standing tall in the ring. And then, yeah. So are we getting Nick and Christian against Sting and Darby in a tag match? It looks possible. Very possible. So then we go to our main event. Just a nothing happening standard battle royal. Like literally nothing happening. Other than MJF paid off Dustin Rhodes for nothing. Nothing. I guess not nothing. So in this match, there was Daniel Garcia, Dustin Rhodes, Matt Menard, Jeff Hardy, Trent Beretta, Jake Hager, Commander, Matt Hardy, Johnny TV, Matt Seidel, Daniel Garcia, and I said Daniel Garcia, Max Caster, and Juice Robinson. Those were the 12. MJF was on commentary. He said it. Uh, he said everyone is coming for the champ. As Johnny TV was quickly eliminated early. No, quickly eliminated Matt Seidel early. Basically right at the beginning. This resulted in a dance battle between Johnny and Garcia, but Daddy Magic would have stopped to that. Rhodes and Matt Hardy teamed up to eliminate Johnny TV. Matt tried an elbow off the second rope, but Hager caught him in midair and dumped him. MJF then left commentary, tried to pay off Dustin Rhodes to take out Juice, and did so by delivering Shattered Dreams. Commander briefly fought off the former Jericho Appreciation Society, but was ultimately eliminated by Garcia and Menard. Rather than dropped Menard with a half and half. Um, and then, where was I? Uh, as Rhodes followed this up with the Canadian Destroyer on Garcia for hugging Beretta and eliminating Hager. Menard and Beretta fought on the apron with Garcia saving his buddy, allowing Menard to dump out Beretta. Jeff Hardy then got a running start, but Garcia avoided it and eliminated him. For the third time, Menard stopped Garcia from dancing. 
and it led to a shoving contest before both men attacked Cody or Dustin. I read it as Rhodes and said Cody. Garcia then ran into Menard, allowing Rhodes to dump Menard as Garcia dumped Rhodes, leaving it caster Robinson Garcia, who finally did the dance. And it resulted in, well, him getting eliminated by Max Caster. We only got Max and Juice left in this match as Robinson was clutching onto the top rope and cut off a charging Caster. Robinson wanted a suplex to the floor over the ropes, but Caster held on, and both men were on the apron. Robinson then raked the eyes as both men scaled the ropes, and Robinson fell into the ring where Caster hit the mic drop. Just then, Jay White would attack MJF on commentary, and the fight continued on the stage with MJF getting his world title back briefly before White would hit him with a low blow. This all distracted Max Caster, allowing Robinson to hit him with the TJ Maxx ring and the KO and KO Caster. He then eliminated him and won the match. So there we go. Juice wins and will challenge MJF next week for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. But here's my question. What's the significance of the ring? The ring means nothing. MJF has held this ring for four years. And all he's done with it is cheat. It hasn't got him title shots. It hasn't got him any kind of bonus on, you know, his pay that we know of. This ring means nothing other than MJF can cheat with it. Why do these guys want it so bad? I honestly want Juice to win it and pawn it. And be like, look, I got the ring and then I want a bunch of money off of it. He's the kind of dirtbag that would do that. But yeah. The ring means nothing, to be completely honest, unless it's just, oh, MJF's going to get another win next week, five in a row. MJF has to win. MJF can't lose going into the match with Jay White. So MJF's just going to win, and they're going to say he's a five-time Dynamite Diamond Ring winner. Huh? The ring is the biggest joke they've ever had. It's stupid as fuck. Now, I get the first time you do it, yeah, it doesn't mean anything even then, but it's something that he got to win and he gets to have. But then defending it every year? For what? Why do these other goddamn guys even care about it? They what? Yeah, King. That's what I said. I hope he pawns it off like he said he was going to. Because then at least someone will get something out of having the ring. But that's the end of the show. It ends... With White getting the belt back and Bullet Club Gold staring down Max. All by him lonesome. All by himself. As far as... Give me one second. As far as uh, what's going to happen on upcoming shows. We got stuff for Rampage, Collision, and even next week's AEW Dynamite. As far as... Rampage does go. We got three things, four things announced for Rampage. First off, we do know that Rocky Romero will take on Mystico in a battle for Mexico's pound-for-pound crown. I'm actually interested in this match. I wonder if it's going to be any good. They're filming it now. Claudio Castagnoli and Wheelie Yuta will be in action. Sky Blue will take on Ruby Soho. Brother Zay will take on Kip Sabian. And John Silver and the winner will face Orange Cassidy for the International Championship of Battle of the Belts. 
Then we have Collision. The AEW World Tag Team Championships will be on the line. And Ricky Starks, a big bill, defending against Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta. Also, we do know that Miro will go one-on-one with Action Andretti. Also on Saturday night, the Acclaimed and Eddie Ass will defend the Trios Championships against Matt Menard, Angela Parker, and Daniel Garcia. Chris Statlander will defend the TBS Championship against Willow Nightingale. And finally, Orange Cassidy will defend the TBS or the, T- the International Championship against the winner of John Silver, Kip Sabian, or Brother Zay. Also next week on AEW Dynamite, we do know that Tony Khan has a gift for Sting. Rob Van Dam will be back in action as he teams up with Hook and MGF defends the Dynamite diamond ring against juice robinson so there we go that is everything that took place tonight on aew dynamite that's everything that has been announced for the next couple of shows and this was just an okay episode of dynamite i'm gonna say it had a couple good matches the sting segment was very intriguing but everything else was just there just there But with that, you know what I thought of the show. Now it's time to hear what you guys thought of tonight's Dynamite. Also, CWTV says, go fast, turn left. Is that supposed to be a NASCAR joke? Because two weeks ago, they were turning left. They were at the Roval in Charlotte, North Carolina, turning right and left. They have six races a year where they turn right and left. So if you're trying to make a joke where NASCAR only turns right, well, learn some shit, motherfucker. Learn your shit. NASCAR turns right and left a lot. Hate that joke. Oh, left turn. No left turn. It's not all left turns. It's not all left turns. But as far as what you guys thought of the show, as far as the X poll does go, 59% liked the show, 22% thought it was just all right, and 18% did not like it. Looking over here at the Twitch poll. Uh, no, the YouTube live, no, community poll. YouTube community poll. Um, 66% liked the show. 20% thought it was just all right. And 14% didn't like it. Looking over at the comments here, this person says, Bullet Club Gold Show. This person says, I liked it. This person says, I swear. I saw someone in a Chucky costume at ringside during the main event. I didn't notice that. This person says, 8 out of 10. This person says, 7 out of 10. Ooh, this person says, far better than Monday Night Raw. I wouldn't say that. Raw this week was way better than this show. This says show was fire. This, and Yeah, I'm not reading the didn't watch comment. As far as the live poll does go, 70% liked the show, 20% thought it was just all right, and 11% didn't like it. <clears throat> as far as the Twitch poll does go, everybody that voted liked the show. So with that, yes, NASCAR definitely has right turns. It's called road courses and street courses. They turn left and right. But with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. With that, I will be live in a little bit. Twitch.tv forward slash Timmy Buddy. Roughly about an hour or so, we're going to be playing the brand new Jackbox Party Pack 10. Cool thing about this is you guys get to play with me. And you don't have to own the game. I own the game. I buy the game. I stream the game. You grab your phone. You grab anything with the web browser, your tablet, whatever. And then you can play along with us. So come join us in about an hour. Twitch.tv forward slash Timmy Buddy. We're going to play some Jackbox. You guys can play along as well. So come hang out. Have some fun on a Wednesday evening. 
and let's party. With that, guys, thanks for joining me here, and have a good one. See you next time, guys.